everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone, we are back, back, back again. And this week we are covering the original from 1978, Dawn of the Dead. That's right, y'all. We's back up in this bitch and we are still doing our theme of three is a crowd. Because so many of these movies are franchises or become franchises. Um, And some of them are just two. And like, sometimes it's better to just get out with a one and done. But we're going to talk about all of them that we have scheduled this month and see if some of them maybe should have wrapped it up here at the sequel stage or this treacle stage that I just made up a Wherever word. Treacle. Um, <laughs> frequel? I'm going to make up all the words now. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Love it. I went to school. <laughs> so this movie is iconic to a lot of people. I don't see why, per se. I wouldn't be that mean because, I mean, it is a George A. Romero and it is part of the Night of the Living Dead franchise. We are still getting Black people doing the things. And also it's 78. So, like... I I, I didn't hate it. I, I'm not, I'm not. you know, this is not Texas Chainsaw Massacre level for me. <laughs> I just, my problem, I have lots of problems with this movie. I have some positives, but I, overall, I just... I like the theme. I like the idea. I like what he was going for. And I think he did achieve it. Unlike my my dear friend, uh, what's his nuts, who did Texas Chainsaw. I feel like this at least accomplished what the the artist wanted to do. I do appreciate that about this movie a lot. And and the special effects are great. I I think that this one is suffering for some of us because a lot of us saw the remake first. And once you see Vin Rings in the mall, where do you go from there? Um, um, and so, like, it's just a child of the 90s syndrome is that sometimes we don't get to see the original first. And I think that it dulls the senses a little bit, if that makes sense. I mean, maybe, maybe. But I went into this with high hopes. I really, really did. Because I have loved, well, I loved Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. We've also got a remake. I've not seen it yet. Mm, I didn't love Season of the Witch, but like I, I appreciated it. I'm I'm on this level with this movie as well. Like I get it, I see it. I just don't agree with the hype. Uh, one of my notes is actually that like I think another thing that like hurts this one is that the first one was so fucking good. Um, and I also because I so I to be completely transparent, people to follow me on Twitter. I've been watching all of these original movies in this franchise in order because the first five are up, maybe the first six. And so I've seen the first five. I'm about to go hunt for six when we're done with this call. Um, and I, I, from what I've, from what I've gleaned is that Mr. Romero had a partner originally for the first one. And they saw, when they saw how big the first one got, they were like, we got to do more. And they also saw it go differently. And so the partner would take this, through novels and Romero decided to do this through movies. And I think we get basically a movie every decade from him in this franchise. Um, I need to double check my like years on these movies I've seen so far. Cause I also am bad at math. So don't add me. I know I can't count. I was homeschooled. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I think that again, it, it's partly the first one is so fucking good. It's also partly we saw the remake first and I, I wish we could stop as children be like, is this the remake or the original? The don't show it to me. Show me the other one first. Um, and I also think that 
it was being expanded on as it went, as opposed to, we know we want eight movies. It was like, that one did well. I want another. Let me go meditate and see what I can come up with. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, okay. I'll start with a positive note, a specific positive note. I like that it drops you in the middle of the action. Like, it, there is not a lot of buildup. You are in it from the jump. I like that. That's an ongoing thing with all of these movies so far, and I fucking love that because you know I hate this. Let's sit here and talk about our feelings and exposition for hours. Get me in it and get me out. And Romero's always like, let's go. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I meant it. Bye. Look. I I did need some more. They're coming to get you, Barbara, moment. There just wasn't that in this. Always. Um, I <laughs> I I got so many thoughts. Um <laughs> One of the things I do love about this franchise, even the ones, even the movies I don't like, is that it's really cool to see how different people in different areas respond to the same threat. Um, I think that's really cool. And it like, it gives you, it makes you feel that this is a bigger thing than we initially thought. And again, I know that we get like really foggy and really like <laughs> weird with the timeline. <laughs> um, I don't think there is a like given timeline. It's like, it's a new movie, bye new movie back. Right. And I'm like, you know what? You do what you do. But I do love the idea of thinking that like there's a world or a universe in which all of these happen in the same spot and it's different people in each one and just like different people overcame it and escaped or didn't escape, unfortunately for Ben in the first one. Um, that is world building that Marvel could never. Agreed. I, I, I completely agree. I do love, like I said, I love the theme of this movie. I love the, the, the comments on consumerism. I love because this is the early part of mall culture. Malls were huge in the 80s, the 78, so we're getting very close to that. I just, and I do like the idea of different perspectives on the same kind of global event. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love a film series, we're probably too close to it right now, but I would love a film series at some point that would like, like, how did different cultures react to COVID? No, like, that soon. would be really interesting. That's way too, too soon. soon. I don't need Too that in my spirit. But eventually, I think that would be really cool, right? Yeah, I'm going to watch them Bird Box movies and be quiet. Like, <laughs> just do that. Just do that. Everybody say, let's. <laughs> but, like, there's just a lot of story issues in this one with me. Like, number one, there was a good 10 minutes. I could not figure out what the fuck was going on. I was like, it's just a bunch of people shooting at each other and racists running wild. That's like, the, the, the slurs were dropping from five minutes in. That, dot 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 America, but <laughs> that's what sends me, and I I hate that part of a lot of the seventies movies, especially the ones that tackling like zombies or like groups battling something, is because we have to be like, don't forget racism, and I that's a theme he carries through, and I don't know how he was working through or what he's working through, but he never let people forget that America's a racist bitch, and I'm right. here for keeping your like foot on America's neck about that, but also I don't know if we always did it in the best way. <laughs> those slurs at the top were like okay now like this is a lot i was like damn and, george damn and did you catch the swastika on the on the coat they wouldn't let me not like I, there is a swastika in the third act the final stuff of this movie there is a swastika yeah. on one of the brown people's costumes Listen. it was a very weird choice i guess there was a kanye west in every decade but like i <laughs> i Horror is political. That's part of the reason a lot of us are here for it. And so mm -hmm. I do wonder if 
conversations that are happening now and have been happening then because like again america's always so fucking late to the party i wonder if he would have done things differently because i sometimes think i get what he's getting at but i'm not sure and he's not around anymore so i can't be like can somebody ask him at the next comic-con um so (laughs) unfortunately that's one of the things about people who did the things in the era before we were born is that we we don't know we don't know i have thoughts and it feels about how he did it but also like I think I know what he was getting at, and so I want to give him that space, but I also think we could have done it differently. And again, that's just me and most men filmmakers. Yeah, and I think that's my problem. That's my kind of issues with this movie. It's not that I don't, I hated the movie. I think, I think the movie's too long. Yes. I think it's absolutely too long. And it's a longer cut, because it was a director's cut. And I was like, in this economy, no. I couldn't do it. I barely got through this. I almost was like, Sheree, we're gonna, we'll record this episode, but just know I don't know what happened at the end. I, two hours and seven minutes. I was like, Georgie. Georgie, Georgie. We don't offload it. And here. nothing happens. Nothing happens for like an hour. It, so I'm happy you brought up Season of the Witch earlier because that's one of my notes is that this feels like him on the Season of the Witch shit as opposed to yes. his yes, Night yes, yes, Dead yes, shit. Yes. For those of you who Absolutely. don't know, George A. Romero has another movie called Season of the Witch, not the Halloween one, not the one that, I mean, it does also doesn't have Michael Myers, that's correct, but it's about actual witches who are women <laughs> in the 70s, and it's weird. It's a pornography, it's a porn. It was. Made into a movie. <laughs> it was. We covered it uh, two summers ago, I think. That feels right. When we were wee babies. <laughs> yes, our first year we covered it. So if you find it on Shutter, which I've seen around multiple times, you can watch it and listen to our thoughts if you're a new listener. Um, it's it's definitely giving that vibe. Right, and I and I feel the same way about that that I do about this. It's not a terrible time. Like it's no, it is no, you know, those films that I hated. It, but it, it just I wanted it to be so much better. Like I wanted to like this a lot. Because I love Night of the Living Dead. I think Night of the Living Dead is top tier zombie film. Great. It is scary without being. It's scary and and campy without being too. I think this got too campy for me. This got too campy. These zombies are not scary. These zombies aren't scary. They are comedic. And I think, I think that was kind of his point. I do think. His mission to like expose the materialistic nature and the consumerism of America in these zombies, he went a little too far for me in this one because these zombies are just not scary. We didn't even get a bite until an hour and eight minutes into this movie. No one even gets bitten That's until true. an hour and eight minutes into this movie. We need to bite people from the top, like always. Always bite somebody. Do they want to bite? Do they want? Like the whole time they're talking, like the the guys on the TV are like, they're, they want warm flesh and they're, and they're going to eat everything and they're going to devour all of mankind. One bite in an hour and eight minutes? ABB, always be biting. Like I just, that's the mission for my zombie movies. <laughs> I... <laughs> I, what I will give the zombies um, is that, so when I saw Mr. Tom Savini running around in here, I consulted Google. And Tom Savini also did the makeup for this because we know he's an actor and a makeup artist. And not only did he do the makeup for these zombies, but he won the Saturn Award for Best Makeup Effects that year because it was 78. And so like, who else is doing what? Nobody. Well, and I, 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 one more cool Tom Savini fact though, 
this was his second film role as an actor. Um, his first role, which is the movie right before this, was a movie called Martin, also by George Romero. So George Romero was like, I like you. I see your value. Follow me. Also bring your makeup bag. <laughs> I will say, I... Yeah, I just... I don't know. I I just find it hard. I There's so little that happens in this movie that I find it hard to talk about because like there are concepts that I love. Again, the consumerism, I love that whole thing. I love it takes place in a mall. I think that's a fun location. I like the end, the last like 20 minutes are wild. I do find it odd that literally everyone in this world is a good shot. Like they're like headshots every single you time learn until fast. the end. <laughs> until the end. Until the end, when they're like, there's like that, 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 and it's like, okay, you're just going wild. But like <laughs> those first few, I was like, is everyone in here a like a assassin? Like what is happening? Sharpshooters <laughs> left and right. I I'm not gonna lie, I was I, I was laughing. Um. <laughs> And I, but was that the point? Like, were we supposed to laugh? I think that I think that this is one of the movies that would definitely benefit from us being a different podcast because we're a podcast about fun. We have drinks and we talk about it, and we talk about how we feel about it and what we think about it. We don't sit down and go, "What was going on in 1978? Like, what was going on with consumerism? What was going on with the malls? What was going on with politics? What was going on with this yeah. and that and the horror genre as a whole?" Like. We can piece together enough about horror genre as a whole because we've covered so many movies and we've seen so much shit outside of what we covered. But like, right. this is one of those where I do wish that we were like, let's put on our adult suits and sit here. Let's put the down the alcohol. Because um, I think that a lot of it is just like missing us because again, horror is political and he was a political thinker. And so like, I think that there are so many things that I am just missing as a person who was homeschooled in Missouri. <laughs> right and, and like I said I do th- I do enjoy the themes he's playing with and I do think he accomplishes the uh he, he accomplishes his comments on those themes very uh, well I just as a story as an audience I feel I feel a little talked to and not let in to the story I feel like that's a male trait <laughs> I feel like this is, let me tell you what I want you to hear and not tell you a story. And I think that's where he lost me. With the first film, there are fleshed out characters. They're all nuanced. Well, there are some choices. It's been a minute. I love the first movie, but I don't think anybody's really fleshed out. I think that much like this one, much like this one, he's got people who are representing certain things and ideas and classes, and he has them interacting. And it's fascinating because it's almost like reality TV, but there's a script, if that makes sense. Um, That's true. And That's a good point. I, I don't feel like he was a character person. And I'm saying that somebody who's seen some of his stuff, he was not character driven. I think it was more plot driven, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm a character first bitch as a writer, but I know a lot of people who have Same. a good plot first. And I think that Maybe perhaps um, if we had even another writing partner after the first one of him to split on this franchise, they would have been able to be like, let me give you the characters you're looking for. Because I think that's another reason why I've not seen the remake since I was a child. But again, I have images of the remake and scenes of the remake and moments of the remake that are like character stuff. And so I think that might also be the disconnect we're having is that like we are two character hoes. And this is not a character <laughs> director. I, I am a, yeah, because I will say, I think that one of this film's, 
highlights when you talk about it with other people is the gore. And I'm not a gore whore. I'm a character whore. I love some gore. But I also love some character. If you can name him and let me know why I'm going to be sad he's losing an eyeball, that's when you win me over. Because <laughs> like that scene where he does get disemboweled is effective. Yeah. Like, it is disgusting. Yeah. But like I watched two hours and seven minutes for a ten minute scene of grossness that I don't care about. My other thought I've been having is I think that there has to be a shorter version because we didn't watch the director's cut, which is even longer. But I feel like two hours and seven minutes in the 1970s in a theater was also excessive. And I know I know filmmakers who are men love to like man spread with the run times. But I think like there's a shorter version out there somewhere that'll get us where we're going and get us home. And I need to see it. <laughs> like, did we need like I, I did laugh at the scene after he after their like romantic dinner and he like essentially proposes, I guess, and then they it's like the post-coital sex or a post-coital scene. And they're just like miserable. Like That was funny to me. I thought like, she was a mannequin people. because she was not moving. Neither one. Because <laughs> he sat up a little bit and he was sad. And I was like, is he fucking a mannequin? Have we have we gotten Lars and the real girl in this bitch? I was like, oh no, that's her. That's her real hair. Oh, damn. Like <laughs> They're just miserable. And I was like, hashtag straight folks. But like... <laughs> I mean... Again, it's a zombie apocalypse. You hide out in a mall with people you just fucking met and like trying to get romantic for whom you got problems. Focus on them problems. And she's already pregnant. That's my other thing. Like I there's no way. There is no way. I believe we need to go back to the hospital. I mean, granted, she probably right. She was probably pregnant before it happened. So she didn't like think about <laughs> Listen, I again I'm not a maternal hoe. Um, but if I was a maternal hoe and I saw a zombie apocalypse start, I would be like what are my options? What are my <laughs> options to not be running around with a fucking baby on right. deck? And I did like the the mention of the abortions because Roe v. Wade is 1973. This is just five years later. This is probably, well, still in the news today, 2023. But like, it's very much on the, on the nose then, as well as it is now too. But like, so I did like that conversation of, do you want to keep it? I didn't love that. It, and I think they ta- they commented on this, but I didn't love that she wasn't included in that conversation. She was listening to it from the next room. I have seen a, I lot, a statement. I have seen a lot of shit from the seventies where men talk about what a woman has been through, whether it's with a baby or assault or something that they have no idea what she's going through. They talk about it as if she can't weigh in. And then, like, they go in and say the wrong things to her. And they're just like, we're progressive. It's the 70s. And I hate that trope. And I keep seeing it. Like, oh, my God. I found this movie on, it was Tubi before I knew Tubi was owned by Fox, y'all. Don't judge me. Um, But Robert England was there. And it was marketed as a horror movie. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. It's not a horror movie. They just marketed it as that because it came out after um, Freddy Krueger got big because it was a movie just sitting on somebody's fucking (laughs) tapes. And they're like, oh, one of our actors struck gold. Let me get this out to you. It's about these um, college kids who decide to go visit their friend who's out in the woods. And while they're looking for him, they decide to go skinny dipping. And, like, these two dudes pull up and, like, assault the fuck out of her and beat him up. And then, like, the rest of the movie is just her being sad about it and him telling her to get over it because shit happens. And then Robert England's character shows up. And him and Robert England's character talk about it. And then Robert England goes in there and be like, well, you know, shit happens. And you just got to look at the bright side. Um, and then we have credits and music that goes for a tampon commercial. And I'm just like, who the fuck for? 
I mean, it's, it's a thing that happens today, and it's terrible. But women, men, I I did like that. There's a scene and there's a dialogue moment where she actually says, "Next time you're having those conversations, I should be involved. I am a person in this situation, I'm not just a." A, a fragile flower that you have to protect and I can't be involved in decision-making conversations. I like that. I also liked at the end that she was the one that was like, no, we're getting the fuck out of here. And the black guy was like the one having the existential crisis. I, I liked that. And I do like that he decided to ultimately live. I I like that she says that, but it also feels like when a writer gets a note that you fucked over the woman and they're just like, I hear your note and just gonna put it in verbatim. Like, True. I have an enemy who doesn't know I exist because he's like a, an actual playwright who's actually successful. But like, I'm calling bullshit on a lot of his work. Um, he has a play that people like and like the white... So like the wife isn't going to talk to the end of the play. Everybody else has monologues with him and at him and he's having monologues with him at other people. And at the end of the play, she finally gets to say and her first line is, you think I don't have a mind of my own? And I'm like, you are telling me somebody said that in one of your fucking readings or one of your like sessions, and you were like, fuck, finally let the woman talk. Um, and you took that verbatim. A- again, it's men being crunchy. Also, the black guy's character name is Peter, played by Ken Forey, who I have never seen look so young or with hair. Cause I know I'm like Keenan and Kale and other shit. And so like seeing him as a youth in a horror movie city. <laughs> Y'all know I always have a thirst a thirst note. And I'm real thirsty today. All three of these dudes could get it. Like I <laughs> I will say men in the 70s. Ooh. I was looking ooh, at Ooh, I don't know what it is about some brown jackets, but I get down with it. You want like members only? Like <laughs> <laughs> Kid is now 75. Are you fucking serious? He's from Minneapolis. I left that place. Um, but like, <laughs> he was born in '48, so he was 30 when this came out. Yeah, I've never seen him so young in my life. Oh, he's in a bunch of these. He's in the new, the remake. Yeah. Oh. Like I now that we know we've seen the first one because we covered the first one before and we've covered this one, we can now watch the remakes and maybe that'll be a thing is maybe make that a double feature for somebody maybe on the Patron or whatever because I I want to revisit the remakes while I these are still fresh in my head. I do. He's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Hey y'all, Ken Forey is on Twitter at the real Ken Forey. I'm following right now. Um, don't mind me. He's in American Werewolf in, in London. The good one. He is? According to Iron the Book. I don't remember any black people being in that. Oh, wait. It's a, never mind. Never mind. I'm not on his page. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking. You've been, I've been drinking. drinking. You've been drinking. But I, I just, yeah. He is hot. Was hot. Is hot. I don't know. All of the above. Because at 75, he's still looking real nice. I seen him in something recently, and I was like, oh. Um, <laughs> Hello, sir. Listen, um, those are not my particular daddy issues, but I could pretend for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but where was I? I got sidetracked looking at him. Um, this is a podcast. I am recording. Yes. And. <laughs> oh, God. He's worked with. What's his name? Yeah, I saw that and I just skipped over it because I was like, he's done horror. And it's like, not don't, don't bring that in here. Don't bring that in here. 
Um, bring the zombie in. Leave him out. <laughs> you know what? I think that Rob Zombie pays people on time, and that's a compliment I can give him. I'm a bigger person. I've grown over these <laughs> three years of this podcast. I'm, I am saying I believe Rob Zombie might pay people on time. I'm glad he does. It's big of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Tom uh, could also get it. I know he wasn't there for a long time, but he was there for a good time. Um, <laughs> like, I just, have you seen, have you seen Brian Fuller, a.k.a. my imaginary daddy, talking about how <laughs> Tom Savini's the reason he's gay because he saw him <laughs> when he was a youth. And he's like, I want to know who that man is. <laughs> No, I have not, but that's funny. It makes me happy because I got to meet and he was just like, oh my God, I had the biggest crush on you. And Tom Savini's like, oh my God, thank you. I'm flattered. Because he has a little mustache. That really? It's that dude that got disemboweled? Listen, have you, go look up young Tom Savini because before we started this podcast, the youngest I'd ever seen him was from Dust Till Dawn. But like, even then he was, he was nice to look at from Dust Till Dawn. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm just another old man. I might be in my grandpa era. Just look away. But like... <laughs> He, I mean, he's 76 now. Um, he's been married since 84. He's been married since before I was alive. Before I was conceived, he's been married. But, like... <laughs> he was married when they made this movie. Listen. I mean, he's no, not bad looking. He wasn't. This, he was married in 84. This movie came out in 78. Oh, 84. Uh, sorry, I said 74. I, I mean, he's not bad looking. Damn. He's got still got a nice body at 70. So... Listen, them arms... And again, the first time his name stuck in my brain was from, from Dust Till Dawn, which, I mean, Tarantino's a choice, but, like, we were all watching his movies back then, so I can't say anything to anybody, because I was a child being like, yeah, Pulp Fiction's good, because people said so. Um, and so, seeing him in that, with his, like, little, like, penis gun, like, can I help these people get the fuck out of there? I... I've had a crush on him since before I knew what a crush was. You better believe. And so when I know my imaginary daddy also was into him, I was like, ooh, it must run in the imaginary family. Um, <laughs> That's funny. I mean, good for y'all. Good for y'all. We've bonded. <laughs> we don't know it yet because I've not asked Brian Fuller about it. <laughs> I was just eating my food and looking the other way and like liking that tweet. Um, but yeah, I was very happy to get to meet his crush. And his crush and him are still doing the things. But yeah, while we're talking about these actors, Ken Forey, I, again, I never seen him so young or with hair. That was his real hair because in, he had flashbacks to Keaton and Kale. And that was not his real hair. <laughs> um, but I just love that the black guy lives this time around because I love the first movie, but Ben did not live. And we do never, we will never unpack that as a culture because people love to be like, they didn't know he wasn't a zombie. They fucking knew. They fucking knew. They didn't care. Agreed, uh, as we discussed in our episode. Yeah. So that that <laughs> yeah. is one thing that I will say Romero changed for the better, that the black guy lives. That is fair. Yeah, and I loved, you know, I again, my issues with this movie. There aren't any, st- the, the, I will say the actors, the, the four main actors, are giving it stakes. Like, they are performing the hell out of the script. I'm not, this is no shade to them. The zombies give it no fucking stakes. They literally run through them and they're not even grabbing at them. They're not trying to bite them. They're not trying. They're like fumbling around. They're, they're the bumbling buffoons. And I just, 
that does not resonate with me. I think that's part of the campy thing he has over this, like a camp filter. Because even when they're shooting the zombies at the end, there's like that like campy like army music that da 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 that I associate with Hogan's Heroes. We've never seen Hogan's Heroes, um, and so I think that there is a campy movie trying to fight through this one, and I think that's part of it. Um, and I also think that maybe on top of that, they're not being able to do basic shit is a commentary or something for something of that time. And I think it might be going back to consumerism because the zombies want to eat people, but they're not eating the people. But again, we don't get to interview him and we don't get to ask him these questions. And I'm not going to do research on 1978 because I know it was somehow worse back then than it is today. And that depresses me. So I'm not going to sit there and go through the documents to be like, it was this amount of bad. <laughs> I mean, that that is probably very true. As an audience today, watching this movie for the first time doesn't work for me hard thing about any content because you create it and it resonates in that moment because it's of that moment and then like mm-hmm. assholes 30 40 years from now and it's like what the fuck was going on why y'all wearing them chopper suits um and they like it right. was the style bitch and that i mean like 30 40 years from now the internet people be finding these podcasts be like these drunk hoes did what for how many years <laughs> i hope so yeah and, they welcome <laughs> and and i hope that there's two people that love us then too but like and, and, and I don't hate this movie. Again, this is not Texas Chainsaw for me. This is not um, any of the other movies that I've absolutely hated on, the, on this podcast. It just, it didn't speak to me. I was ready for it to be over. Like, I was literally looking at the time and being like, okay, 10 more minutes. Five more minutes. I just, it yeah. wasn't good. I've watched it twice and I feel like I've missed pieces. And I think it's just because it's so fucking long. I don't do well with movies that are long. I don't have the attention span. They hurt me spiritually, emotionally, physically. Um, and so it's just hard to sit there. And But again, I've, I've put it on twice in the last five days because I do try. And I, I pick up enough to where I know I don't hate it, but it's not my favorite in this franchise, even though it's one of the better ones in the franchise. I will say that because I just watched Diary of the Dead and that bitch is dead on arrival. Like that... It's by far the worst I've seen so far. Five movies deep. Um, five movies deep. We've had everybody yeah. come through. John Leguizamo was in one. Um, like, it's just... But Diary of the Dead is when I'm like, we need to take a pause. I don't know if I can finish this marathon. Like, I... Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, oh, I really love the tagline. It's a, literally dialogue from the film. But when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. I love that. I love that line. That is a cool line. Again, my issues with this film are no shade to Romero. I respect Romero. I respect this film. It's just not my cup of tea. And I mean, to be fair, that remake, they give Judge Romero um, a writing credit. I mean, it's with Zack Snyder and James Gunn, but he gets a writing credit. So I wonder if he did get to come back and like do some things differently in that screenplay, if he really did write it because sometimes they say it's a screenplay credit but it really means we stole their shit or like oh we we remade their shit and so i don't know and again i'm i will probably won't know because i don't own the fucking dvd to like be like yeah what's going on with that right that on imdb it says george a romero the 1978 screenplay so it's probably more of a we remade his stuff so we have to give him the credit because we took his characters um, which is also a thing that happens a lot. We need we need more specific language, I feel, because as somebody who is like 
almost in the industry because I'm not in the industry, but I'm almost in the industry. I'm still getting things mixed up and confused. Never like triple check and go to Wikipedia to like double verify and find articles. Um, and so I know people who are just out on the streets are just like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like based on characters from by or based on characters by George A. Romero or Romero, whatever. Yeah. Like, I think that we need to, like, find a way to do the things differently. Because, like, Wikipedia yeah. just clarified. Because, like, Wikipedia is like, no, screenplay by James Gunn. None of these other fools. Um, based on George Romero. But, like, Google is like, all three of them did it. I'm like, does Zack Snyder even write? Because I don't think he can. <laughs> like, and that's not even me being Zack Snyder read? Can he can read? Can he? Read? I saw a trailer <laughs> for some of them DC movies, and I don't think. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, I think that we definitely need to like get the language clarified, especially while we're out here in the streets not being paid and marching. We need to be like, we are going to specifically be like, the story is by so-and-so, and that means this for the uninitiated. The screenplay is by so-and-so. <laughs> um, and those are different well, things. Like for, right. For example, I didn't know the difference between story by and screenplay, because you had to explain that to me on some episode we did. I don't remember which one it was. They all run but... together now. They saw the same <laughs> right. episode. On our time on Fear Street, you 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 explained that to me, and now I now I understand. But at the time, I had no idea. And I think there's also culturally, and we I, this isn't new. This is not a new problem. We as a culture glorify and and celebrate performers, which absolutely I'm not saying they should not be, absolute like clearly, but we forget everyone that works behind the scenes. Maybe the director. We sometimes give white male directors some props. But typically, when you think of, even when you think of like producers, which is its own other issue, they never even give them names. They're like from the producers of their titles. Mm-hmm. They don't even give them names. Much less writers, special effects folks. We don't, we don't celebrate technicians as much as we do the Julia Roberts and the George Clooney's and the, you know. And that's an ongoing problem because people love what they can see and not they don't want to know anything else. Like how many times as theater people have we heard, oh, if you were in it, I would go and see it. Well, we did right. so much work on it. Like, I'm sorry, the playwright yeah. has worked on this play or musical, whatever, for years sometimes for at least months if not years and the actors have worked on this for maybe max two months max yeah no but like we see it all the time because like lighting designers were telling their like classes about their things teachers like oh if you were in it i would go and see it and it's like don't be a dick like because you don't understand theater and you only know actors and that's it that doesn't mean that you're a student right is undeserving of your attention because it happens all the fucking time because I was a technician and so I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm stage managing it. Oh, yeah. if you were in it, I would come up and see it. Right. Well, keep your Thanks fake for being support, a bitch. As um, a director, <laughs> it's similar. It's like right? 50-50. 50-50. Sometimes they'll be like, well, if you were in it, because I'm a, I'm a director who also acts from now, every now and then. So like, I get, well, if you were in it, I would go see it. But I'm also like, you do understand. No, that's the other thing. No one fucking understands how anything is made. Like, if it's not for directors and playwrights, don't nothing get done. Nothing happens. 
And if you go into the actual theater, the hierarchy there is also fucked up because like as a playwright, I'm supposed to shut the fuck up. Um, it's the director's vision. And it's like, if the director didn't read the script, which happened a lot in my grad school, shouldn't I be able to say, yeah. hey, <laughs> right. where are those three pages? I've always, the way I approach it is the director and the st- and the playwright are, if, if not the playwright ahead of the director, the director and playwright are on the same, the same level. That's what it's supposed to be. And sometimes it's a drama to help mediate because some people don't know how to communicate. But like, it's not supposed to be like, like, oh my God, like when COVID hit and like my shit was getting canceled, I was left on the email of this company in Kansas City because um, they were like, hey, we're not going to do your play because like COVID is not shutting us down now. So we can't do it. Um, thanks for your time though. Um, dear director, let us know where to send your check. You started working on it. And my check was never mentioned. And the director's like, I hope you do her play because I really like it. And also, I, I think she should be paid. Crickets. And then they hit me up, not even three days later, to be like, we're doing an online thing. If you want to like submit something, we're going to do some online work so we can keep theater alive. And I'm like, you had a play. You could have made an online thing. It was my play. And you played the director in front of my fucking face. And you want me to, to like submit another piece paid? to you, folks? Yeah, no, Why? absolutely. I hope, as a director, I have all... like I hope that I work that way. Like if I'm not, let me know. But like, I, I hate that. I hate any, I hate anyone that feels like their work isn't valued or their time isn't valued because literally everyone's time is valued. And I don't even know how we went down this rabbit hole, but here we are. <laughs> Cause like people just disrespect people all the fucking time. Like I've seen so many posters go up and it's like directed by so-and-so. Right. I was like, but who wrote it? Uh, like I've even, Knock at the Cabin. I don't like M. Night Shyamalan movies, so I won't be watching it. But like Knock at the Cabin, and the posters came out, and it was like based on the book directed by M. Night Shyamalan. If I wasn't on Twitter, I wouldn't right. know who wrote the fucking right. book. Like, <laughs> the book ends differently too. But anyway, I I listened to the audio book because it sounded like it might be a story I'd be interested into. Um, but I was like, I said that movie because again, I don't I don't fuck with M. Night Shyamalan's movies. I find them predictable and boring and long. And so I listened to the book and I was like, oh. And then I like went and read how the movie differs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's different. I like the movie. I'd be interested to read the book. People are pissed about that movie on Twitter. They are pissed about that movie's ending. Um, I don't know where the conversation led because after a while, I lost track of who was winning and I was <laughs> yeah, eating my fair. food. I don't love the ending either, but it is what it is. Anyway, Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> oh yeah, this movie. Um, I do love the scene where they get to have a couple moments of fun in the mall. I think that's a nice little moment of levity that works as opposed to the other moments that are funny and I'm not sure they're supposed to be funny. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> And it's also relatable because we are in year three of this panorama and those moments of joy you can find are those moments of joy that Absolutely. get you through. I, I did like that. Like I said, I, there's so many about things about this movie that I like. I just wish Romero had put down his pulpit and put a, put a story on the screen that also included those same themes. Because we've seen that happen. We've seen... I feel like Night of the Living Dead does that a hundred times better than this movie. Yes, it is very concept-driven, it is plot-driven, but there is things happening, there is a story happening, there are characters that are in doing weird shit that I don't always agree with, but like, in this, uh, I, I think he, if he had an editor who could say, who he trusted, of course, who could say, let's find 30 minutes to cut out of this movie. It would 
have made this movie so much stronger. I really do think in my heart of hearts that if there's a shorter edit out there, I will love that so much. Because I, again, once you're over an hour, 30 minutes, you have to give me the best movie I've ever seen or I'm mad at you. And I'm not, I'm not as mad as I normally am because, again, I get that it was the 70s. I get what happened with, like, them deciding to, like, go off, one do the books, one do the movies. I get all these things and all this stuff I'm never going to freaking research. Um, but, again, two hours and seven minutes and you have a longer version out there that's director's cut – it has to be the best movie ever fucking what seen. What more it has to could be you have put in this movie? What more? To... What else? <laughs> I just don't know what else you could have said. I don't... I will never know. And I hate that because, like, I... So I'm a casual Romero fan. I say that as somebody seen some of his Same. movies. But, but like, I'm, I've not studied him. I can't, like, go toe-to-toe with somebody like I could right. if you're talking about Wes Craven <laughs> or Jordan Peele. But, like, I'm a casual Romero fan. I enjoy it when it's around. I might ask for seconds, depending on the movie. But, but I, this is not my favorite. It's it's one of the better ones I've seen, yes, but it's not my favorite, and it's because it's too fucking long. And after 90 minutes, I feel like I'm being punished as a person who has no attention span. Especially when at that 90-minute mark, it's one of those stretches where, like, nothing is happening. Like, they're just... And I think the problem is, when I say nothing is happening, there are character moments happening, but the character mo- the characters aren't... They're archetypes. So it's like, I don't care that they have a romantic dinner. You can show me that post-coital scene and get the point across in that two seconds that you showed me that, that I didn't need to see that five-minute dinner scene. I didn't need to see the playing badminton on the roof. Like, I didn't need to see all that. You could have... You could have piecemealed that together or shortened it to, like, a two-minute montage and you saw, oh, time's progressing and they're doing fun shit. Okay. But, like, it took 20 minutes to do that. I I think... I think my issue is... The scenes just went on too long. The scenes went on yes. way too fucking long. And we didn't even get to the mall until thirty like almost a thirty minute mark. I was worried we weren't gonna get to the mall. And I was like, did they add the mall for the remake? And I hate that because again, I saw the remake first. So I remember the mall being big and this was like, Oh yeah, we'll get there, we'll get there. Pacing, pacing is a lot like sex. You have to understand when to speed up and when to slow down. And unfortunately, a lot of filmmakers think slowing everything down and taking their dear sweet time is what people need. And it's it just comes across as manspreading because it's almost always men. I don't see a lot of women taking like eight minute scenes for nothing because we don't get to do things often. So when we do, we're like, gotta go, gotta go, hustle, hustle, hustle. Gotta get it, get, get it in, get it in. The Babadook would never. <laughs> the Babadook would fucking never. The Candyman remake, Nia Costa's like, how much time I got? So... The remake, this is another thing. The remake, hour 40 minutes. That's a miracle because we know Jack Snyder loves a long ass movie. He does. But again, an hour 40 versus two hours and seven minutes. He might have been early in his career before he learned how to man spread on film. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, I'm getting close to saying my hot take. So shall we get to hot takes? I mean, I guess we can mosey on over there. Well, let's get a spicy girl. Because my hot take, some people might not like, but I don't care. Um, all right, go for it. My hot take, the remake is better. I I just the remake is scarier, the remake is more exciting, the remake tells a story, the remake has characters, 
The remake is shorter. The remake is better. And I don't say that often. This is like one of two instances that I think the remake is better. Texas Massacre. This film and Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> Texas Massacre for sure. Um, I don't I don't know if the remake is better or not because I haven't seen it in forever. But also I know it's, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it is. Um, but I also know <laughs> that like it's one that is it, it's wedged in my brain what I do remember. And so I want again my hot take, which is gonna dovetail into yours. I, I like this movie, and I wonder if I would like it more had I not seen the remake first. But as children, we don't get to pick and choose. As children, we are given the movie that is on, and we shut the fuck up. And so I couldn't be like, it's a remake. I'll save it until after I've seen the original someday on a podcast I'm going to start. Nobody could tell. No, nobody could tell me. And so I I wish I had seen this one first. I do. Because then I could be looking at the remake as, how do you live up to the other one? As opposed to vice versa. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I, I stand by mine. I and I have rewatched part of the remake recently in the past like two months. I it's better. It's better. It, it might be because again, like I think that in that era we were starting to get around to more character driven shit from everybody, which might be why it got remade, and might be why Night of the Living Dead got remade. Because again, the first two have been remade, at least the first two, and I think people are like more character because. We yeah. did not know that was leading us into this era we're in now, where it's all about the trauma and the feelings and the emotions. And it's an overcorrection of this era when it was just like, I want some zombies and I want some people in a mall. We there's a definite there's a definite balance point we could be hitting, but we won't as a human race. I I would love characters, but I also don't need us crying every five minutes and holding each other. I I absolutely all my zombies fighting. <laughs> Right. I, and, and I want to say, too, the remake is not a perfect film. It has its issues as well. Like, there's a lot of toxic masculinity going on in that movie. But I don't think any zombie movie is perfect. And I've seen a lot of zombie movies in my mm, day. Train to Busan. That's different. Yuck, Korean movies are different in <laughs> Special and Spicy. In America, though. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Nothing's going to mind right now. But I, I, I yeah, I, I will stand by that I think the remake is better than this film and that's going to piss off a lot of film bros because romero stands are out there and in my statement of that is no shade to romero i think that he is a great filmmaker he's a great messenger but storyteller this film not so much i think he did what he did when he did it and again i'm i was not around in the 70s and so i can't be all like well, if he inverted that and did that. Because again, movies were different. People went to the movies for different shit yeah. back in the 70s and they go to today and they went to in the 90s and vice versa. Like we've seen yeah. trends change just the three years we've got a fucking podcast. Um, oh, so, absolutely. So absolutely. I, and- I'm not mad at that. And I do appreciate that he understood black people deserve to be on film um, because that's an ongoing battle. We are still having to fucking day. I just got back from BlurCon. And when I, could t- when I tell you how much I almost cried to all the black people fucking have fun for once and to not be the butt of the jokes and to not be excluded from the party. Um, it, I, it did my heart good. I wish there was a blur con every fucking week. I would be broke and be going because I'm tired. And so, again, I I think for the 70s, it's fine. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I, like, I do think if this were, if this movie had the timestamp of the, of the remake, it would it would probably push this from a two two and a half star movie to a three three and a half star movie. I forgot what I gave it because I I gave it a star the first time I saw it and my phone's charging. But yeah, I 
Okay. It's two star for me. I think she might have been a three, three point five for me, but like I, I don't remember because again, I don't remember those things. I just do them and put them in my phone. Yeah. Um, but I, she's definitely not the weakest link because like Diary of the Dead. If you wanna, if you wanna see a bad zombie movie in this franchise, Diary of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. I believe she's on Pluto or Tubi. It? How long is it? Let me go double check because again, that was last week and I was a different bitch last week. Diary of the Dead. I can't sit through two and a half, two hours and seven minutes again. Diary of the Dead is the fifth movie in this franchise, and she's an hour and 35 minutes of some of this recording. She is free on Pluto, Tubi, Redbox, Voodoo, Amazon Prime, <laughs> Plex. She's free everywhere. Yeah. I'm, she's a free looking bit. at her IMDb right now. It looks rough. It is the roughest. It is. Because, like, again, I watched all five. Well, I watched the first five over the course of, like, two, three days while unpacking and then packing for BlurCon. She's my least favorite. Um, is it a found footage? It wanted to be in sometimes. Um, it it was literally just them being like, throw it in and see what happens. And I, it is the first time where I was like, maybe you should stop, George. <laughs> when did Romero leave us? When did he leave? I had just world? had that information in front of me and nobody 2017. asked. 2017. Okay. He, he, he's, it's pretty recent. Yeah, because it, I... I knew it was fairly recent because the George A. Romero Foundation had just gotten started a couple years ago, which is what Salem Horror Fest is sponsored through and some other places because mm. that that is definitely um, a fun blah, words. That is a foundation that's boosting forward um, people who are usually sidelined in film. So they're pushing forward people of color and um, queer people and women and all the intersections thereof. And so a lot of people are getting money from them and like do their things like festivals and make movies and stuff like that. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that I think that and great filmmaking is Romero's legacy, which I think is uh, that's what we all strive for, right? A legacy. Yep. Do you want to know what <laughs> on IMDb what his known for top four movies are? It's definitely Night of the Living Dead. Definitely, 100%. I will not be passing That's one of them, yes. That's one of them. Um, we found Season of the Witch on accident, so I don't know if she's popular enough. Um, so, I'm going to say Down of the Dead. I'm going to say Down of the Dead is one of the four. No. Are you fucking lying to me? <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. So it's Night of the Living Dead, of course. Monkey Shines, which I haven't watched. Land of the Dead from 2005. That's not what Jennifer was on, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And then your favorite, Diary of the Dead. They put Diary of the Dead on that. They are a lie. They are a whole ass lie. <laughs> That's what these don't for. They are a whole ass lie. Um, no, I rebuke that. I, I would call the manager. Um. <laughs> but. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, that is our thoughts on Dawn of the Dead. Don't don't shoot me, please, in the streets. I don't hate Romero. I just don't like this movie. I'm stuck uh, on. I'm still stuck on. Dar- I mean, I'm still stuck on Dawn of the Dead being in his top four. I. And, uh, according to the IMDb, I just pulled up. He is known for Land of the Dead. Di- Land of the Dead is number one. Then Diary of the Dead. Then Night of the Living Dead. And then that uh shine whatever that some fan wrote that and they chose violence. I know, I know. Uh, uh, let me just okay. So I'm on this Wikipedia. I'm on the Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> and Wikipedia is like 
Night of Living Dead series, which is fair to just be all, like, all of them. And then it's like, but also Night of Living Dead, 1968, bitches. Don't forget. Don't sleep on that bitch. Um, and then it's like Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. And they stop talking about them right then and there. And they get into the crazies. Martin, Knight Riders, Creep Show, Monkey Shot. I do like the crazies. I have seen the crazies. And I liked it when I watched I it. I have seen the original because I've seen parts of the remake. And I think the original is going to be better. I've only seen the remake. Well done. We know what we're doing. Um, he directed some stuff for Tales from the Dark Side, which I remember um, watching reruns of as a child. But he did the dark half. He did the Stephen King. I would watch that one. I'm trying to give Uncle Steven some space because he gets on my nerves. <laughs> but I would go in to see what Romero does, does with the dark half because I've never actually seen that movie. I almost saw it a few okay. times. But I think she's got a long run time. It's Romero, so probably... <laughs> But anyway, y'all, well, that is our thoughts on Dawn of the Dead. Thank you all so much for listening and uh, supporting us here on Fear Street. We love y'all. And next week, we're going to be covering a new film. We're going to be covering Talk to Me. Tell me your name. That's damn right, y'all. That's right. No, Talk to Me is that bitch. I saw her at Sundance on my TV, and I want to see her on the big screen. And so I'm happy she's coming out um, because I need to see her with friends. Like, I've been telling people, her and Evil Dead Rise are the front runners for number one film of the year. Zero Gravity, who is usually not impressed with things, saw Talk to Me and was like, you were right. Those two bitches are fighting for number one in my, I, I gotta think about um, it. And when Zero Gravity agrees, you know right. it's right. Just go ahead and go well, for it. Well, and you told money. me that I would love Talk to Me, so I'm excited. And you haven't served, you have, you have not steered me wrong to what, once. Like, you tell me bodies, bodies, no. bodies. Well, you didn't steer me wrong, but I didn't love Jennifer's body, which you said I would. Which was wild, because that's so uh, your it brand. It is, but it's just, it's I so, don't know, it didn't connect. I think you should be watching it when you're not living your, like, tourist <laughs> truth um, and see if you, like, secretly love her. <laughs> but no, I'm so excited to watch that movie. I, yes, yes, yes. In the theater. The theater. Um, but she's gonna kick off our month where we go back and look at movies from this year. Category is twenty three and me, because <laughs> we're witty over here. And we bitches. won't take your DNA, even though I don't give a fuck. Take my DNA, clone me. There needs to be more me in the world. I mean, how are we getting the DNA and from whom? Because like Patrick Wilson just had a movie, and I would take some of his DNA. Mm, I'm well, girl, I, mm, like, mm, 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 <laughs> call mm. me CSI, but like you know, I. <laughs> We'll think about it and figure out how to work this for next week. <laughs> I think we need to workshop a little bit. Maybe we'll, maybe I'll be a little sober, soberer. Anyway. I'm a little thirsty bitch. Um, <laughs> I got follow-ups for this DNA because maybe I do want some. Maybe I need a little bit more than some. <laughs> all right, y'all. Again, thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And as always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.